Welcome to this podcast of the Sunday Message from Hope Gateway in Portland, Maine. We'd love to have you join us for worship Sunday mornings at 10 a.m., currently on Zoom and broadcast live on Facebook. Visit our website at hopegateway.com to learn more. Whether you live near or far, we hope you find this message to be meaningful. Wherever you are, join us in doing justice, loving kindness, and walking humbly with God. morning. I'm Martin Turnage. I use he, him pronouns, and I've been a member of the congregation at Hope Gateway for seven or eight years, depending on when you start the clock. I'm going to take my glasses off so that you can see my eyes and not reflections of the room around me. Last week, Sarah kicked off our series, including a definition of the term we're using as a series title, Ojala, a Spanish word for hopefully derived from an Arabic term meaning God willing. Today I'm going to loop back around to something else that Sarah touched on. But first, let me take you way back, way back in time, all the way to July 2021, which shouldn't seem as far away as it does. So in July, with all five members of our household fully vaccinated, and hopes riding high that the pandemic, in the US at least, might be on its way out, hard though that is to believe today, we had a family vacation for the first time in nearly two years. We rented accommodation in the Saddleback Ski area near Rangeley, Maine, and we spent our days hiking and playing games, and in my case at least, taking lots of photos. On the first evening, we sat down after a busy day and decided to watch something on TV together as a family. As uh, Netflix holdouts and with a subscription available to us for that week, we decided on The Good Place. We loved it and as a result had to get a subscription when we got home so we could watch the rest. Now, as a long-term holdout, I will assume that at least some of you have not seen it and might want to one day. So I'll avoid as many spoilers as I can. But one concept that that show explored is that modern life is so complicated that the repercussions of each action we take are so mixed in good and bad outcomes that no one can live a really good life. Now, The Good Place is not theology. It's comedy. I don't believe in an afterlife that rewards or punishes people based on a pass-fail grade of their behavior. But the thought that modern life is so, this complexity of modern life has stayed with me ever since. For example, when in the fall I read Facebook posts about how we shouldn't be clearing the leaves in our yard because they're natural fertilizer and overwintering homes for insects, that sounds really great, but I know that if I don't rake the leaves in my yard, they blow into my neighbor's yard and make more work for them, which doesn't seem kind or neighborly. So which is the right answer? Or whenever we interact with our capitalist consumer society, for example, just by buying something, we're almost certainly benefiting somewhere along the supply chain from the exploitation of low wage workers. There may be better or worse choices, but someone could find totally valid reasons for fault with all of them. 
The result is it's not hard to find a downside in pretty much every decision we make. And friends, this was hard even before we found ourselves living through two years of global pandemic. So if that is the case, where is hope? And to quote a Hope Gateway favorite, how then shall I live? In a moment, I'm gonna read a short story from the Gospel of Matthew. Like so many Bible stories, especially those from the Gospels, we are so familiar with this one that we excuse the conflict before we feel it. The story comes sandwiched in between the classic Palm Sunday narrative of Jesus's arrival in Jerusalem, hosannas and all, and a strange little story where some kids recognize Jesus and sing his new theme song, Hosanna to the son of David, causing a surprising amount of angst for the chief priests who, I can only assume, didn't get out much. But the story in question is this one from Matthew 21, verses 10 to 13. When Jesus entered Jerusalem, the whole city was stirred and asked, who is this? The crowds answered, this is Jesus, the prophet, the prophet from Nazareth in Galilee. Jesus entered the temple courts and drove out all who were buying and selling there. He overturned the tables of the money changers and the benches of those selling doves. It is written, he said to them, my house will be called a house of prayer, but you are making it a den of robbers. So here is a kind of religious celebrity going into the hub of religious activity and violently disrupting it. Was that the right thing to do? Well, because it was Jesus, we may say, of course. But would it be as obvious if it was someone else? For a moment, imagine such a scene in a modern day place of worship and how we might react, especially what our first reaction might be. If, like me, you think that there's at least a chance you would criticize this violent disruption, if you heard about it, perhaps we are too quick and too ready to criticize ourselves and others by a variety of standards, none of which is untainted by our worldview, bias and prejudice. It's natural for those of us who care about our impact on the world to focus on the things we do, criticizing ourselves for the, I would say, inevitable compromises we make, or judging others for the different compromises they make. Focusing on negatives instead of celebrating the good in these conflicted decisions. Instead, I want to suggest that we should act hopefully, and hopefully the good in what we do will increase. This applies to how we spend our time and energy and how we spend our money. In both cases, there aren't many unequivocally right choices, but that doesn't absolve us of the need to try to do all the good we can and make better choices whenever we can. Or as Sarah put it last week, I don't think God needs our perfect. God knows we are far from perfect, but when we are thoughtful and intentional, we are giving the best of ourselves. So what and how much we give and who we give it to may be a moral imperative to put our time, energy and money where our values are. But it should also be a love gift given freely in the hope that it will do good rather than agonizing over whether it might be tarnished with imperfection. 
So in closing, I encourage us all not to judge our or anyone else's decisions too harshly. If we believe in a grace-filled God, we must surely extend that same grace to ourselves and each other. Instead of giving in to judgment, let's look for the good and the ripples of that good, as Erica demonstrated. The ripples of that good and decide how to spend, as we decide how to spend our energy, time and money, to free ourselves from the need to make perfect decisions and instead to take a step in doing a little better. And hopefully, God willing, ohala, we can grow in the good we're able to do together. Thanks for listening to this week's sermon. To hear more about Hope Gateway and to discover how together we can do justice, love kindness, and walk humbly with God, visit our website at hopegateway.com.